now we do everything in-house and you know there's a lot of quality control in that I, i'm not going to say that that's a, it's always a bad thing you know sure. um there are pros and cons to it uh financially is going to be the biggest con and that it just requires us to do a lot in-house that someone else could easily handle for us for sure sure and maybe even cheaper exactly exactly yeah. That Texas is blind to that for some reason when it comes to cannabis. But <laughs> and you would think, right, with all this, you know, pandemic talk and people need jobs. And it's like, wow, you know, there's a perfect opportunity for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what boggles my mind at the federal level. You know, I, I uh, started in January. I tweet Joe Biden every day. First thing I do when I get up in the morning <laughs> is I send a tweet to Joe Biden. Say, like, come on, POTUS, let's have a talk. Let's talk about how we can save millions of lives and stop ruining millions more. Mm. You know, things like that every mm. day. And, you know, it just it, it boggles the mind when you, when you think about all the different things that I've pointed out in those tweets that could be achieved by one simple move. Welcome back to Gramps Place, where my guests and I discuss all things of public interest and anything else that might need a little changing in the good old USA, from ending the drug war and freeing those wrongfully imprisoned for crimes that have no victim, to making government more like what our forefathers intended of we the people again. I talk with doctors, scientists, politicians, and more, so you can make your own decisions on important issues in the USA. My guest this week is Terrence Ball. We met at the Texas Cannabis Policy Conference a while back at Texas A&M. Terrence serves as patient advocate for Good Blend Texas, one of the two vertically integrated medical cannabis providers here in Texas, and oversees the general success for patients while connecting with advocacy groups throughout the state. As an educator and native Austinite with over 18 years focused on working, with the special needs population, Terrence is dedicated to serving Texans living with numerous qualifying conditions to get the relief they deserve through Good Blend's products. Let's meet Terrence and hear about his work. Hello, Terrence, and thank you for joining me here on Gramps Place. Pleasure to be here. We Thanks. met at uh, the Texas Cannabis Policy Conference in at Texas A&M a couple months ago. Yeah. Uh, you work for a company called Good Blend here in Texas, correct? That is correct. Good Blend Medical Cannabis. This is our, our Texas branch. Cool. Uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong. But Good Blend is one of two 
fully operating licensed medical cannabis producers in Texas, but there is actually a third, but they've never actually done anything, right? So actually, yeah, we're, we're the two active. We're one of the two active licensees. The third was active for a while. Um, and actually, it's really funny because uh, the patients that we <laughs> that we acquired because they stopped being active said that they really like their products. You know, they really were in their products. But um, for whatever reason, you know, it's kind of a, a first to market type game. I, I just think they're they have other plans for their license. So. OK, I, I didn't realize they had been active. I don't know how active they were and how how soon they were. I came uh, on board uh, in 2019, and so um, who knows how they weren't active at that time. So they yeah. must have dropped off fairly soon. Okay. So what is your position with Goodland? What is it you you do over there? So I act as our patient advocate, uh, which basically means that uh, anything that has to do about community awareness and uh, patient education about our products and about the program here in Texas in general, um, I oversee. Um, the community outreach portion is a piece that's really near and dear to me just because I, I, I thrive in volunteerism. It's, it's a part of my ethos and, uh, and every other position and career that I've ever had, it's been a big part that I make sure that I take advantage of. So um, making sure that we give back to the communities that we serve is, is very important to me. And then of course, we can't do that unless people know about what it is that we're offering. So so what did you do before medical cannabis that brought you kind of brought you into this world? And what didn't I do? But uh, <laughs> I've had a, I think we could all say that. Yeah. But um, I've had, I'm, I'm an educator by trade. Uh, my degree is in what's called adapted physical education. So it's, it's PE for disabled students, the disabled population. Okay. So I've taught at every level you can think of from pre-K all the way to the collegiate level. Uh, working with um, those who are living with um, disabilities. And so through that, you know, I was able to to see just the different medications, the you know, the different hurdles and things that those who are living with disabilities have to deal with from high to low functioning to, you know, nonverbal to verbal to, you know, highly autistic to, to everything. I've seen and dealt with it all um, quite a bit. <laughs> so, um, talking with parents and things like that. I've always just been in the health and wellness field. And uh, I traveled all around the state and then I got a chance to travel all around the country with a, a marketing job after I got out of teaching and then came back to Texas to be closer to family and uh, saw that there was a, a health and wellness position open for this company called, at the time, Certera. Yeah. Um, and did not know what it was all about, but wanted to check it out and actually uh, reached out to, to my then mentor. And uh, he told me what it was, I didn't know that medicinal cannabis was legal in Texas. So he told me that, I, similar to the conversation we just had, I was like, wow, this is an opportunity for me to get in a, uh, an, an industry that's, that's that's budding, pun intended. Sure, so sure. wanted to make sure that I was on, on the forefront of things, but I had to learn, I had to learn a whole lot. I was never really a big consumer uh, back in the day or whatnot, but I knew a little bit about a little bit, but the science has changed things dramatically. Oh, it, uh, oh yeah, I mean, I. I... As I we talked about in the past, I am a consumer and always have been for many many years. Uh, and I didn't know Jack Diddley from what I know today, from like you say, the scientists, doctors, and everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I'm I'm still learning stuff, new stuff every day. Um, it's a forever going process. So I mean, that's why I tell people, you know, that, that cannabis education. I I can educate you on our products, but I am still learning it very well. When once folks try to get real intricate. 
I try to bring in our products, our, uh, our, our scientists who are, you know, producing the products and, and talk intelligently about those things. But um, I've got a, a good enough knowledge to, to hold my own for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Good Blend is licensed through what's called the Texas Compassionate Use Program, yes. right? Explain a little bit about the Compassionate Use Program here in Texas for our listeners and how it works. So the Compassionate Use Program is something that was enacted, I believe, back in 2015. Um, and it's it's been around for that long, but things actually didn't get kick-started until, uh, I believe, 2018 by our competitors. And then we came in 2017, and then we came in 2018. Um, but essentially, it is it allows Texans uh, the ability to take advantage of medicinal marijuana. Um and I say medicinal marijuana because that is different than medicinal hemp or hemp in general. So two different plants all coming from the cannabis um, plant. Um, initially, it was for intractable epilepsy. And then since then, the program has expanded to include a various amount of different conditions, which has been really beneficial. And we've made a lot of noise here recently just because uh, the two latest conditions that were approved um really open things up. And, and actually, when I talk to people, they they just know, is that something that's brand new? I said, no, it's been around for a while. But um, with loosening up the, the range from going from terminal cancer to all cancers, which is yeah. silly in general, because I'll yeah. be cancers can be terminal. Uh, and then adding PTSD, it allows pretty much anybody who suffered any sort of trauma uh, in their lifetime to to qualify for the program. So it really does open it up for millions of Texans. Uh, to take advantage of, but um, it's a it's a program that is um, new in what is is building here in Texas because it's 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 not unlike it's not like any other program that's uh, that's already out there. Um, Texas has taken some feedback from our experience in, in other states and what we think that the laws should look like and kind of shape those. I'm sure they've taken feedback from our competitor as well, too, just to kind of help mold the laws and how they look and the rules and regulations. But we're still very much in its infancy uh, in comparison to other medicinal markets, our recreational markets in that sense. It's crazy. Such a big, bad state with such a big economy (laughs) and all that stuff. And we got to take baby steps. <laughs> Definitely frustrating for sure, and trust me, those are conversations that, that you know you and I can have all day. Because it, I'm a I'm a native Texan. I'm born and raised here from Austin, Texas, and um, you know I see the opportunity here. I'm I'm out and about. Uh, it wasn't anything I thought about as a child, but as an adult, you know, you see people who are struggling to find stable jobs, and, and people complaining about the type of work they want to do, and there's so much opportunity in this industry to do that, but it seems like the state wants to, you know, crawl rather than just run, which is a good or a bad thing, right? We can, we can take that as it is, but um, we, we try to make the best of the situation that we have. So we work closely with DPS to make sure that we're doing the best with the, with the tools that they're giving us, right? We're playing with the cards that are dealt. Sure. Sure. Tell, tell our listeners a little bit about, because there's a lot of confusion, uh, and I find it, I run into it almost every day. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of confusion in the whole 0.5% THC, 1% THC, that whole cap by dry weight language and, and the whole bit. Explain for our audience how you're able to produce same type and milligram dosages as just any other state can pretty much. 
it, it depends on the product, right? And, and how I can best explain it and summarize it in the most bare bones is that it's, we're allowed to put so much THC in the medicine um, along with all the other things that have to go along with it to make it. So all the other ingredients, if you're think, talking about making a pie or something like that, the THC is the part that the majority of people are familiar with and some people villainize, <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, it, it's, it's a integral part in, in the medicine that gives you a desired result. Um, so with a, a gummy or a lozenge or something or a tincture or something like that, we're able to put a certain amount of THC in that product along with all those other things, a carrier oil, uh, a flavoring, a sugar, or, you know, whatever it might be, but it needs to be at that particular weight in order to, um, to service the, the consumers here in the state. But I mean, you're still able to produce like, like 10, 15 milligram gummies. And, and I mean, that's more language I'm looking for, for our listeners, because that's what they're used to hearing and seeing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is not, I think, when people look at our program, they say, oh, that's that that's nothing, you know, because we don't have the, the larger THC, THC caps that the other places have. But um, again, depending on how you weigh things out, we're able to give you still a comparable product. I mean, we're serving 10, 20, 20 milligram gummies here in Texas, and those are exact same that you would get in Colorado, California or these recreational states. Yeah. So it is very much still a comparable product that you don't have to travel across states to get here in Texas. Yeah. Now, having said not that, not anymore. You don't yeah. have to. <laughs> and not having said that, uh, you know, things like flour are are not legal here, yeah. right? Yeah. So that does make things a little bit challenging for those folks who want um who want that who who enjoy this smoking. It's just a different mm-hmm. administration method. Well, I don't even. It's not so much. I mean, there are those I, I guess that would just be prefer that that method. Uh, but there are those, and and. As we've we've discussed in the past uh, about the amount of research I've done, mm-hmm. I personally have read four studies and four in vitro studies, and then uh, three clinical trials, two of which are out of UCLA, mm-hmm. uh, very most recent, uh, like 2019, I believe. Uh, there's so many dates and stuff with studies in my head; it's hard to keep them all straight. But anyway, in, in reference to uh, peripheral neuropathy mm-hmm. and the best way to treat peripheral neuropathy, which is a it's a qualifying condition in the state of Texas and has been since, I think, 2019. Uh, and it's a condition that I suffer from. OK, uh, I, have a, I have a blood disorder that's basically it's a precancerous condition. There's very little chance it'll ever mature into cancer, but they keep an eye on it. Right. But these rogue cells that are in my blood cause peripheral neuropathy. And it's, it's, it's a kick in the butt, let me tell you. I hear uh, And I have not personally signed up for the Texas Teacup program because of what you just pointed out. Because there, it's not only that there's not flour, but there's no inhalable type concentrate either. Now, here's the... The, the the caveat to that, right? Uh, so if the last bill had passed how we wanted it to, where we were able to have that higher THC cap, then we would be able to produce a vape or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Right mm-hmm. now, cap is so low that uh, 
a vape would have to have all those extra ingredients and that it would not be an enjoyable experience or really even a healthy experience, which is the exact opposite of what we want to give to somebody. Sure. So um, those that's are the one roadblock for me, though, is, yeah. is that fact, because I've, I mean, I'll be honest, I've gone to Colorado and, and other states and I've tried the edibles and stuff and they don't help. Mm hmm. But I can use a vape pen or smoke out of, you know, some herb out of a pipe or, or bong, and, and it helps. The, actually, the vape pen, for me, helps better with the neuropathy than and, actually flower does. And the onset's faster, right, too? That's why, that's why people yeah. really enjoy right? So it's going to kick mm -hmm. in faster. It's not going to last as long, but it'll kick in faster. But it's there almost immediate. Exactly. Yeah, you know, uh, and when when let me tell you, when it feels like somebody's got a blowtorch under your big toe mm. and they're not moving it, even though it's not really happening, it doesn't change what what it feels like. You know, you want that to stop right now. <laughs> you don't want to wait 30, 45 minutes for an edible to kick in. Right. No, for sure. <laughs> so that's my one hold up. I still say you should look into it. I mean, I know it's it's, it's all personal preference. Feel free to do what you need to do. But um, I can only imagine that someone who's dealing with physical pain on a daily basis, how that would really benefit them throughout their day, right? To be able to take something the first thing in the morning and it lasts them throughout their day and then take something maybe in the afternoon or evening and it lasts them throughout their sleep. That's got to be beneficial. So Well, and there's the other benefit to it is is little literal number of patients that sign up for the program can only help down there in Austin, too. That's, I just keep dragging my feet. <laughs> we'll get you right. We'll get you on the virtual clinic, get you set up. We actually are working with a couple of uh, uh, vendors and then doctors' offices that, that make it super simple, and we can talk about that. But, you know, that virtual clinic makes things so, so easy. I went, did it on, not even online. I filled out the thing online. I was able to get on the phone within the next day, um, did the diagnosis, the prescription. It was really very simple. So I always hear that from the patients, but having gone through it myself, I can truly attest to it. It's super simple to go through. Yeah. So tell us, uh, the, the producers in Texas with the teacup program, there's something that a lot of people don't get or don't understand totally. I think the, the producers in Texas must be by law, what they call vertically integrated. Yes, sir. Please explain that term for our <laughs> listeners, what vertically integrated means. Seed to sale. We do it all in-house. So uh, we literally are growing everything in-house. We are extracting everything in-house. We're testing it. We're bottling it. We're, you know, everything, labeling it. And uh, even down to the delivery points, we're doing everything in-house. Nothing is being outsourced um, as far as that, as far as the process goes. And that's the way that the state would like for it to be as of right now. Um, so, it makes for a lot of work on our end and, you know, just from the licensee standpoint, it makes for a lot of capital that has to be given up as well too, because there's just so many moving pieces that to manage and, and, and handle. So um, hopefully those are some things that we can lighten the load in the future, you know, because like I tell people all the time, so we're not in this to be um, the leaders in transportation of cannabis goods, right? You know, we're, the more that we can focus on what we do best, then, um, you know, it gives out better product and more options for for Texans. And it allows more more job opportunities for those other people, right? That would be great to be able to outsource to a third-party courier service 
or a third-party testing service, you know, but uh, right now we do everything in-house. And, you know, there's a lot of quality control in that. I'm not going to say that that's it's always a bad thing, you know. We were able to do what we can and then make sure that we produce a top-notch product and have it all tested in-house. And I believe DPS actually now does third-party testing. So not only will we will we test it in-house and provide a COA, they'll get it tested again just to make sure that everything is on the up and up and above board. So um, there are pros and cons to it. Uh, financially, is going to be the biggest con is that it just requires us to do a lot in-house that someone else could easily handle for us, for sure. Sure, and maybe even cheaper. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If they could be a, like a bulk operation handling it for multiple outlets, they could get that price on. It's funny how commerce works that way. State of Texas is blind to that for some reason when it comes to cannabis. <laughs> so many opportunities. And you would think, right, with all this, you know, pandemic talk and people need jobs. And it's like, wow, you know, there's a perfect opportunity for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what boggles my mind at the federal level. You know, I, I, uh, started in January, I tweet Joe Biden every day. First thing I do when I get up in the morning <laughs> is I send a tweet to Joe Biden. It's like, come on, POTUS, let's have a talk. Let's talk about how we can save millions of lives and stop ruining millions more. Mm. You know, things like that every yeah. day. And, you know, it just, it, it boggles the mind when you, when you think about all the different things that I've pointed out in those tweets that could be achieved by one simple move. And I mean, it's... And rapidly, rapidly. Oh, oh, it's ready to happen like yesterday, you know? <laughs> I mean, you look how fast the the Delta 8 and shit went boom everywhere. You know, I mean, you don't think that shit ain't waiting in the wings, you're crazy. And the perfect example is, you know, the, the the most recent one for us, right, is right there up in New Mexico. Yeah, well, you know, I I, don't, I join in with uh, Austin and the Can- Cannabis Collective every Thursday on on Twitter Spaces, and uh, I've actually cleared my schedule on Thursday evening so I can join in on that every Thursday. Uh, turned out to be a pretty good deal, and we were talking about that, you know, with with New Mexico just going legal, mm-hmm. and and he was talking about you because he was there. The first day, right, and and reporting on it, and and he he was saying how um, three quarters of the freaking plates in the in the parking lot are from Texas, you know, and I said, you know what what what's here's my thought, and uh, I know it's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen because New Mexico's got casinos just like Oklahoma. There's people out there in Lubbock and Amarillo and El Paso that make them weekend trips into New Mexico to go gamble. Mm-hmm. Now, and I'm talking, I'm talking people my age and older, right? I'm talking about real grandmas and grandpas, you know, <laughs> way worse than me. And uh, they're going to go over there and go, hey, you know, that shit's legal over here. Let's go get us a little something, something. Because, you know, there's going to be a dispensary right there next to the casino or across the street, whatever. Yeah. And they're going to get them a little something, something. And then they're going to go gambling. And they're going to spend the night to get up and do a little more gambling. The next morning, they're going to forget they got that shit in their car or their suitcase or their purse or whatever. 
And then they're going to be tooling back 10 mile an hour over the speed limit trying to get home so they can relax. And those cherries are going to come on behind them. And when, when some of these old folks start getting arrested, that's when the state of Texas is going to have a problem, in my opinion. Mm. And just last week, the only living legal battle against the ballot initiative for the state of Oklahoma got shot down by the Oklahoma Supreme Court. Mm. So it will be on the ballot in November in Oklahoma. And if it passes, which I'm pretty sure it will. It's basically recreational as it is right now in Oklahoma. Well, yeah, I'm, they might as well, right? Yeah. But uh, it, it, so when that passes, that bill's set to go into effect in February of next year. So well, while we're in the session, yeah, Oklahoma's going to go wrecked. The only one left will be Louisiana, and they ain't going to wait long. No. No, they're going to be right behind them. You watch their whole state is, you know, almost based off of tourism. So it's going to be they're not going to they're going to be left out. Well, see, that's what it is. So you got Oklahoma and New Mexico and Louisiana. They all got casinos. <laughs> You're going to have two two of those states. You're going to have something else <laughs> that's going to hurt the third one. <laughs> Pardon this short break for a word from our sponsors. Welcome back to Gramps Place, the podcast where Gramps and his guests talk about all things cannabis and cannabis law reform, along with anything else that piques public interests. There's such a stigma, and that's one of the things that we're working on this year, right? There's such a stigma, and they think that, you know, if you go recreational or if you just open things up, that there's going to be folks running around just getting high and and I was like, if you've ever even been to a state where it's recreational, you'll you'll see that it's nothing like how you're imagining in your head. It is it is literally, you know, every day, your everyday man that's that's trying to just get, you know, get through the day. Yeah. You know, with with the medicine and I call it all medicine, whether it's medicinal or whether it's recreational, it's all medicine. Sure. Well, it's like I try to I try to not use the recreational term. I try to say medical and adult use. And I actually got that from somebody I interviewed a couple of years ago for a documentary I did, uh, Dr. Uma Donablon. I don't know if you know who she is, uh, but she said that. And I said, you know, that's a good point. Because she, she said, I don't like to say recreational because that sounds like it's all about fun and games. And there's nothing about fun and games about this plant. Yeah. It's all medicinal. So I say medical or adult use. That's a good one. I'm gonna have to see. You know, it. and yeah, I stole it from her. So, <laughs> uh, but but yeah. So, uh, needless to say, uh, we do have a long way to go here in Texas in terms of the, the smokable products. Uh, totally leaving THC amounts up to doctors and their patients, not lawmakers who don't know what the hell they're talking about, and all that good stuff, <laughs> right? <laughs> The, the 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 good part about it is like again, it's all up in the air. And I'm I'm reading a book right now about decision making. It says you know, uh, at the end of the day, when you make the decision, you don't know if it was going to be good or if it was going to be bad. You, you, there's no way for you to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we there's no 
real way for us to know what's going to happen in the future with campus because things could change very rapidly, right? Like as soon as if things change federally, who knows what's going to happen within the next year. Um, but it really does depend on folks kind of paying attention to what's going on and, and making sure they're out there. And, and, and a lot of folks, you know, contrary to, to popular belief, cannabis is not a issue that they're thinking about. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I talked about it at the conference. It's like, you know, right now, about 17 percent of Texans know about the medicinal cannabis program here in Texas. Mm-hmm. It's just, that's super small potatoes. It's just not something that they're thinking about on a daily basis. And until it, until it hits you, until you have a story or somehow you're connected to it or a friend of a friend, you don't think about it at all. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's not publicized. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other thing, too. It's, it's not getting advertised. So that's that's one part. And then if you're not affected by it, you know, what, what do you what do you care, really? Mm-hmm. Until it touches you. Um, and, and this is where the part where I say it touches everybody, because everybody knows somebody who's living with cancer. Oh, yeah. Knows somebody. So I tell everybody, tell a friend to tell a friend. You know, it might not be you, but I know that you know somebody who's affected by these uh, conditions that could benefit from it and they might not even know about it. So if you're aware, you, I'm not going to say you have a duty. I don't want to put that on anybody, but I say, hey, just let somebody know. It's That's the easiest thing that you can probably do is to spread the word. Yeah. 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 And, you know, it's, it's, I tell people every day, come out of the closet. <laughs> and, and, and and I got people every day tell me, oh, that's easier said than done. You know, I got the job and this, that, and other. I didn't tell you to blow smoke in their face. Just because just you say you support it don't mean you're doing anything. Yeah. You know, I mean, you don't got to rat yourself out. <laughs> you know, they're, they're scared. They're scared about it. And it's like, wow, that's 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 it's, unfortunate. It's time to move beyond that. Yeah. You know, it's just like, you know, that I don't know if you saw with David Bass, uh, his little or uh, him and uh, he talked with uh, Dan Patrick. Oh, yep, yep. And then uh, the Grow House Media also talked with him right after that. And he said the same thing, both of them. You know, well, people are not there. People are just not there. Dude, over 80% of Texans are for medical. And almost 70% say, just do it all away and be done with it. Yeah, so what people are you talking to? Yeah, who? who, (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. It's those big money donors you got. Mm-hmm. that aren't there yet because they ain't figured out a way they're going to make money off of it. Amen. That's what it all boils down to. Amen. So anyway, tell our listeners, uh, what kind of products does good blend currently offer for patients in Texas? It's a good question. So because we understand that, you know, there is no flower and there are some limitations on that. We try to make sure that we have the widest variety of products and, and we've been able to do that. Um, and it's also one of the advantages of, um, you know, being a multi-state operator, we're able to see what works in those other states and then bring them over here to Texas to say, all right, let's try this, but let's try it the Texas way. Let's, you know, formulate it for us. So um, tinctures were our first go round, and then we were the first to release our lozenges. We were the first to release gummies here in Texas. We've got a five milligram gummy, um, a one-to-one gummy, which is equal parts CBD to THC. Um, we've got a 10 milligram gummy and we've got some stuff coming soon. So stay tuned on that. Um, we have our, our beverage. So, uh, again, first to market and the only place you can get that is from Good Blend is a five milligram beverage. Uh, we also have our chocolates, which are flying off the shelves. People were really excited about that for our, our dark chocolate chocolates. 
Uh, we've got a topical as well, too. So we're the first and only there in the state. Um, what else am I forgetting? Capsules. So all these different routes of administration. And we feel like that's really important just because, um, you know, you might not want necessarily a lozenge, but you could really uh, benefit from a gummy or a tincture might be a little bit more flexible for you. So you can do that. So you get a chance to mix and match to figure out what's going to work best for you. And, um, you know, educating patients on that is really key. And then making sure the doctors understand that, too, because the way the doctor writes a prescription can can really hinder or help how you get your medicine and, and how you can try things out with us because we have so many options. Cool. So uh, I guess you already answered my next question. Do you have anything new coming out? <laughs> Do have something new coming? Uh, we've got a bunch of stuff new uh, rolling out uh, through the year. I can't let the cat out the bag just yet, but I know that's something that people are going to really enjoy. I've tried um, our non-infused versions of them, and it's, it's been very, very successful and very tastes very good. So that's that's the other thing, too, that we try to make sure because, you know, a lot of people are new to it. And so we want to make sure that it's an enjoyable experience. And so flavoring is something that's really, yeah. key. I talked about that at the conference was that uh, we had our, our original beverage was something that was a little bit polarizing. Some people really loved it and some people were just like, eh, it's a little too bitter for us. So we went back to the drawing board, reformulated it. And then now people are really, I mean, it, it was always flying off the shelves anyway, because it's something that's new um, and people were seeing the benefits of it, but even more so now with the new formulation. Uh, but this new product that we have, we think it's going to be really successful. I think people are really going to love it. Okay. Good. Good. I can't wait to see what it is. Uh, it's 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 crazy what all I've seen done so far with the with the limitations that there are and the things that are coming out. It's been it's been pretty amazing. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Like again, that's that's a testament to our R and D team. They're they're the ones who are, who understand the math and the science behind it and say, you know, although we we only got a little bit of bump from five percent, point five percent to to one percent. Here's what we can do. And, um, you know, you'll start seeing a lot more creative and innovative things coming from our team in the future, in the in the very near future, actually. Yeah, well, one of the best things, the examples that I saw of that, uh, of course, it's when they were pushing for the 5%, but it still gave you a good enough picture of it was uh, Jay Novacek and his wife did a, did a video. I don't know if you saw it where they were showing how much carrier oil that that their son was having to take to get his dosage of THC every day. Yeah. And and how much he would have to take, you know, that little bit if it went to 5%. Well, yeah. they still cut that big cup in half. But it's a so, lot. But yeah. it's still a lot. Yeah. Uh, like, but, but now that I'm sure that I haven't talked to them in quite a while, but I'm sure, uh, I'm sure that they're probably using some of the edibles and things that have come out since and, and whatnot that are where he's not having to take all that god awful oil. I couldn't, I don't know how anybody could take that much oil that would make you sick. I mean, it does. The it oil does. itself makes you sick. It's crazy. Well, with, you know, the, you know, gastrointestinal issues or whatnot, you know, they just kind of, it can make things worse, you know, but the, those are the, those are the, the sacrifices that those people were making, were making just mm -hmm. to get better you have to go through the worst where you can get the better and it's like mm -hmm. that defeats the purpose you know it's pretty sad when that's a side effect that's not as bad as side effects of the normal pharmaceuticals that you could possibly use that may or may not even help you yeah you know that's the kicker uh so with that being said uh i know we agree 
that the teacup program needs to be improved. What are some of the improvements you would like to see in the, the teacup program? Well, I, I had a good conversation um, after the conference with uh, with Heather Fazio, actually, we were talking. And uh, I said, you know, if there was one thing that you could change right now from the way the program is to, you know, what in the future, but if you only change one thing, what would it be? And, um, you know, I, I look at things in that that sense, right, because they're we are still so early in the game here in Texas and things are moving slow. And I, I have to only think that that's strategic on the way that the, the state wants things to run. So, you know, if I had to look at it as of right now, uh, personally, I would say that we know the medicine works. So although it was a slight bump from 0.5% to 1% THC cap, we know that that 1% is beneficial to people and we're able to do some things with it. So that's working. So would that be the, the, the number one thing that I would change right now if I had to choose? Probably not, right? Um, would I uh, decriminalize? Would I make it recreational? Um, those were all the questions that I was kind of asking her. And, and, and we never really came to an answer as to what would it be but I, I think a lot of the things that we talk about um, as a group collectively is, yeah, I would love to see TAC cap removed, right? Sure. Uh, if we're going to leave it uh, medicinally, then, you know, allow those doctors to really uh, make those decisions based off of what the patient's needs are. I think those would be really cool things to see come about. Absolutely. So those, those are, those are a few of the things that I would love to see most immediately. A lot of the things, you know, from my end are things that I see that are just little mini minor things that would make the program more accessible for patients. Right now, just so you know, patients don't even see their prescription. They're not, they don't have access to see their prescription. You go portal. And it's like, that's annoying, A, <laughs> you know, and it doesn't help them understand how the program works and how the medicine can work for them if they don't have access to be able to see uh, what's going on. And that's what we want to do. We want to make sure that we have informed consumers that understand the program because the more people and the more ideas we have, then the better the program can be. We can grow this thing together instead of just having certain people who, who control the reins. Yeah. So there's, there's a bunch of smaller things like that. And I actually have a list. I, I know you might've seen this. Um, um, Andrea Steele had released that DPS wanted to uh, take suggestions. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll be submitting those. I know I'll be submitting those. Uh, I've asked our internally to, to to give me their suggestions or whatnot, and then I'm going to send those over. Um, I would suggest that if there's any consumers or people that are on the TCO program, they take a look at it um, and then make any suggestions. This is your time to kind of have a voice. Sure. Now, whether you take any suggestions or not, we don't know. But you know, if you, if you don't submit them, then you get what you, get. you can't say nothing. That's kind of like the old saying: "The only dumb question is the one you don't ask." Yep. When they ask for input, the only dumb inputs the input you don't give. <laughs> exactly, it's the same thing. <laughs> two that I would, off the top of my head, you know, is if you just remove that THC cap and then allow the the doctors the flexibility, and then maybe remove any condition states too. I think that's yeah. that's 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 real limiting. Um, you know, you really have to give those doctors if we're going to make it a medicinal program, we're going to trust our our physicians to be the you know the the end all be all of things. Then let's give them some power. You know, let's, there's a reason they don't want to put their license on the line. So they're not going to do anything nefarious. That's not their intention at all. Sure. So let's trust our. No, position. no. They're, they're in Texas having to write a prescription. They're kind of already putting that license on the line. Exactly. By, by participating. So it's obvious. 
yeah. that they're doing it to help patients. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, it's just nuts. So, so yeah. you, you, you mentioned the adult use thing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel about adult use in Texas? Do you ever see it happening? You know, I had a good conversation with, um, I forget the gentleman's name, but he's over um, the ag division of, uh, at uh, Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. And uh, he put on the whole uh, show out there and uh, uh, he had really good insights on realistic timelines of what uh, adult use could look like here in Texas. And um, I think it will definitely happen. Um, I, I'm trusting in Biden and Kamala to make something happen <laughs> because they said that they were going to, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, my number one hashtag in the primaries, mm-hmm. uh, before the 2020 election was hashtag just say no to Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I didn't think he was the man for the job in this respect and a few others, but yeah, I uh, think folks did, did thought the same. Thing. <laughs> this, this was one area where, where you know they said that they you know, and, and Kamala being from California, this was something that they they talked about. They she most certainly did. They'd be the champion for this, and so that gave a lot of people a lot of hope. Um, so federally, if things change again, things can change really rapidly. Um, realistically, if things don't change and keep going the way that they're going right now, uh, the timeline that he laid out um, was jarring. And not necessarily one that I wanted to hear, <laughs> um, but I mean, we're talking, you know, a, a, a decade or so before we get to full adult use here in Texas. Um, now, I think that other states surrounding us could definitely, like you said earlier, it's it's always going to be it's always, it's going to be follow the money, you know. Yeah. And, and once the once you do the math, and and that'll actually spark people who aren't paying attention to cannabis because once you see how much money we're losing, how much money is going outside of Texas. Um, eventually it's going to push people to start saying, all right, we, we have to look at this a different way. Something's going to change. Well, and the, 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 the notion that you mentioned earlier that, um, you know, if we, if we, we open the door, oh my God, it's just going to go crazy. You know, uh, that's something that, that my representative, first time I met with him in 2019, uh, Lynn Stuckey said to me, and I said, Mr. Stuckey, with all due respect, sir, keeping it illegal, you're not stopping anything that ain't already happening. Anybody who wants to smoke pot because they just want to smoke pot already is. The And, and this is the narrative I think we really need to push. They already are, mm-hmm. number one. Number two, You've got the thrill for the teenagers of doing something that's not supposed to be done. Makes it even more of a thrill, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, just yeah, like alcohol, tobacco, or anything else, same difference. And and then number three, you have the aspect that if you have a legal and regulated market, all of those people that are going to do it anyway are now participating in a market where we know what the hell they're ingesting. Versus what we have now where we don't. Mm-hmm. We had a legal regulated market in Texas. How many of those vitamin E vape cartridges you think would have made it into Texas exactly. a couple of years ago? You know, I mean, you could, you could talk about all kinds of different things in that respect. They, it has nothing to do with common sense or logic in Texas. It has to do with 
money, as everything in Texas has to do with money, the bottom line. And I think, this is my personal opinion, yeah. uh, and I base this opinion on 40-plus years of study in government economics and political parties and the whole scene, because uh, that was my thing before cannabis, before Will passed away and I got forced into this line of work. That was my thing, was politics, government, economics, supply, demand, all that good shit. Okay. I, I was just submerged in that. That was my that was my keen interest. Uh, one time I thought I would go into politics. I just never did, right? So anyway, uh, cards didn't line up right. <laughs> so didn't have the right money, pretty so much. You you might be better off for it. Who knows? Uh, most certainly. But but uh, I just you know you can't help but look at the whole mechanism and say that's what it's all about. It's all about money. And uh, money being in the right hands, in the right time, at the right place. And that's where it's got to be. And one of the things that hold, holds Texas back is the fact that Texas doesn't have state income tax. Hmm. You know, a lot of people, and I argue with people about this all the time, but I've lived in Texas most of my life. But I left Texas, went to uh, Alabama, which has a state income tax. I lived in South Carolina, which has a state income tax. And I lived in California, which has a state income tax. And nobody making $50,000 a year pays any more taxes and income tax in those states than they do in Texas. Hmm. You pay exactly the same amount in income tax. The difference is in those states, you pay part of it to the state and part of it to the Fed. Okay. Gotcha. The difference in Texas is we pay it all to the Fed, and then the Fed turns around and gives it back to the state. Hmm. So, and yeah. that's part of the reason why. And I mean, now unless something's changed in the last twenty years that I'm not privy to, that's the way it's been for decades and decades as far as the the income tax in Texas. Now, if we pass our own, the Fed will get less, and Texas will have their own process like these other states that have an income tax. But the thing about it is that, that sucks about it and why I'm against the state income tax is that you pay that state income tax. If you get a return, any money you get back the next year, you got to claim as income to back to the federal government and pay taxes on it again, which is BS. But anyway, uh, but that to me is one of the biggest holdups for Texas is we can't go against the Fed because mm -hmm. they could withhold our money. And you've even heard that said from Governor Abbott himself over different subjects. Yeah. Well, we got to be careful because that could hinder funds and whatnot, you know. But that's because we rely, as Texas relies on the federal government for a shit ton of money. Yep. Where the other states don't. So you got to follow, follow the money. It's all about the money. <laughs> so tell Tell our listeners where people can find your company if they're interested in maybe signing up and, and, and all that good stuff. So you can look up goodblend.com backslash Texas. Uh, when you go to the website, it'll actually, uh, you'll have a choice. We have two Goodblend locations uh, in the country, one in Pennsylvania here in Texas. Uh, so just pick the one that shows Texas and you'll be able to see all of our products. Uh, we've got a bunch of cool stuff going on right now. We've got a 420 sale that's happening. So take advantage of that. 
Uh, you can go to our virtual clinic. So even if you're not on the program yet, you can check out the virtual clinic um, and get signed up. Super simple. Usually takes down 24 hours for you to get involved okay. and get your uh, your prescription taken care of there. Uh, myself, you can. I'm always available. If you ever want to just talk cannabis or just uh, learn more about the program uh, or have any questions, uh, you can call me. 737-224-3330 is my work number. Um, T Ball B A U G H at goodblend.com. I'm online on, at Terrence underscore WB on all the social media channels. So I'm always available to talk and I'm here to help. That is literally my job. So if you have any questions on anything, feel free to reach out. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll of course put all that stuff in the show notes too. Uh, one thing I meant to ask you about and I forgot all about. Yeah, Tell well, us about the Good Blend bus. Ah, good question. So <laughs> uh, the Cannabus, the Cannabus was something we rolled out last year, and it was amazing. It was a, a trial um, in, in the efforts of um, providing awareness and access and education. Uh, we hit up um, some of the major cities in the state. Um, it was a one-stop shop at the time where we had a doctor that was on the bus. So he'd be on the bus to write your prescription, um, and then we'd have product on the bus. Uh, where you would be able to purchase purchase your products right after you got your prescription and walk with everything you needed. So it was literally a one-stop shop. Uh, it's going to look a little bit different this year. It's going to be more of an educational tool, um, but the bus is rolling for sure. Uh, you know, so if you see it out and about, we're going to focus um, here in the near future on Austin and San Antonio, and then we'll look to branch out in the future to get to those other areas. But um, if you see us rolling, make sure to stop by. We'll do a post. You can also go online and check it out. Uh, you'll see what events we're going to be at um, and, and, and take advantage of what we have on the cannabis. But it's been an amazing whirlwind ride of, of driving. I'm an RV person, so mm-hmm. if you see, yeah, I'm probably the guy that's going to be driving it, uh, which I don't mind. But we have drivers who help us out, too. But making sure that people are just aware in these areas. Uh, you see that big cannabis bus, that leaf uh, rolling down your street. Give us a honk. Cool. Cool deal. I think that's a fabulous idea. Uh I appreciate you doing this. Uh, um, as as more stuff happens, I'd love to come back on and just kind of talk about things, you know, and um, send me the links or whatever else you have. We'll make sure to push it out on our, our channels and promote this whole thing. But I appreciate you taking the time for me. Well, I appreciate you coming on and, and talking with me. And absolutely, we'll have you on as things progress. And we'll, we'll keep keep the conversation going for sure. Grant's Place, the podcast where I bring you the doctors, scientists, patients, politicians, and ordinary everyday people to talk about anything and everything with facts and first-hand reports so you can make your own decisions on important issues. Cannabis law reform, politics, criminal justice, government, and economics are just a few. As always, I thank you for listening and for your generous support.